would say there's some sort of cycling for everybody, whether you're a commuter or you're a beachgoer or you're a weekend warrior or you're a hardcore racer. Biking is for everyone. You know, you're, it's a mode of transportation that is the most efficient without motors. You're getting exercise. You're getting out, you know, into the world. You're seeing the sights. You're hanging out with people. There's just so many varieties that I think there's just somebody's going to find a one you like. You know, there's mountain biking and there's so many types of mountain biking. There's road biking and there's BMX and there's triathlons and the list goes on and on. It's just a great way to be active and healthy and social and have fun. What's up, everyone? Welcome to episode number 12 of the Triathlete Beat Podcast. On today's episode, we are joined by competitive cyclist and my friend, Simone Berger. Simone trains and competes throughout the year in both mountain bike and road bike races, all while working a full-time job as the marketing content specialist for modernizing medicine in Boca Raton, Florida. Simone and I met up after both of our work days and discussed a variety of topics, including how Simone got into cycling via salsa lessons, the difference between mountain bike races and road bike races, and practical tips on how beginners can get into the wonderful sport of cycling. When Simone isn't shooting photos or videos or tearing it up on the bike trails, you can find her doing yoga or dancing salsa. Simone is such a great person and is truly passionate about cycling, and I think it really shines through in this chat. So without further ado, here is Simone Berger. Simone, what's up? Hey, how are you? Doing well. How are you doing today? Good. Really excited to be here. Thank you. Thank you so much for being here. Uh, this year, I really wanted to improve this podcast and get more guests on the show. Mm-hmm. You're actually guest number three. Whoop, whoop. Number three in the house. Lucky number three. Cool. When I was thinking of, you know, who of my friends can I get on the show? <laughs> like, Simone, you just you just <laughs> came in my mind. I'm like, I gotta get Simone on the show. <laughs> So really thankful that you're here. Coming to you live from Boca Raton, Florida. Hi. Represent 561. All right, so can you please give an introduction for those who may not know you? Uh, what do you do? What's your occupation? And maybe what's your favorite thing to do outside of work? <laughs> All right. Uh, I'm Simone. I'm 30 years old, and I'm a video editor at Modernizing Medicine. And outside of work, I am a cyclist. I'm a competitive cyclist, and I do both mountain and road disciplines. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. Uh, Simone and I work at the same company here at Modernizing Medicine. And I think we met, like, was it two years ago? I started in, mm-hmm. in 2016, uh, November. Yeah. Is that when you started, too? or like I started you? 2017, January. January. So just a little okay. after. Yeah, um, Simone is a, an awesome content creator, uh, photographer, video editor for the company. I've, I always saw you around as just as that girl with the camera, you know, <laughs> at all of the events and, yeah. and all that. She just had her, her DSLR, and I'm like, awesome. It wasn't until, I think, the ModMed 5000 when I found out that you actually cycled. I think you asked me about my rack on my car. Oh, that's right, that's right. <laughs> You're like, hey... You're the girl with the rack on your car. Yes. And I was like, oh my God, yeah, like, let me show you. And then we went out to my car and I showed you all the features. <laughs> yeah, that's that's right. You had, is it Kuat? Yeah, it's a Kuat rack. Kuat rack, right? Mm-hmm. If you've never seen a, a Kuat rack, those they're so sleek 
they look so badass mm -hmm. on, on the back of the car. You had a, a Subaru, right? Yeah. It just makes it more convenient, you yeah. know, to be able to put the rack and put your bike on and off without having to, like, do some awkward trunk rack or yeah. take your wheels off. It just makes yeah. it easy to go um, from one place to the other. Yeah, definitely. I have the, what is it, Smoky Bones or... S oh, Saris, the... Saris um, Bones. The Bones, yeah. Yeah, two bike, uh, two bike, bike rack, and it has, like, you know, 10 million straps and stuff. <laughs> but the Kuat just attaches to, the, is it a hitch? Yeah, so you actually have to get the hitch um, put on the car. It costs like, I don't know, like a hundred bucks or something. And and then you can lock the rack onto the hitch and it folds and unfolds. So it's kind of like flat right. against your the back of your car. Right. Yeah, mm -hmm. I, I remember. I was like, oh, so you have the, the Kuat <laughs> rack. And, and yeah, thank you for being so kind as to walk me to your car and, and we could talk about it. <laughs> But then we got involved in yeah. the Modmit 5000, and yes. we got kind of more into, like, what do you do? What do yeah. I do? So the Modmit 5000 at our company here, Modernizing Medicine, is a race. Really, the goal is to get everybody involved and active throughout an entire, it's about a month or so. But mm -hmm. we're all split into, like, six or seven teams. And the first team to swim, bike, run, mm -hmm. row, or walk to 5,000 miles yeah. wins and we have multipliers for the people who are swimming or running so that it's kind of equivalent to biking because it's a little easier to bike so right. you get like extra points if you do those activities yeah it's it's pretty intense it's very intense and i've done a few of these like running uh running competitions with friends who can do the most miles and this is like i mean we track it we track everything <laughs> with strava mm -hmm. uh one of the developers build like an application to use the strava api i mean it is serious there's like a dashboard with like charts and yes uh, hourly updates yeah. and <laughs> there's like data analytics someone from the data team um created this dashboard and it's 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 intense but it's a lot of fun and that's how i i learned that um simone not only cycles but she cycles cycles <laughs> <laughs> oh, I cycle, cycle. <laughs> so before we get into all that, uh, I'd like to take it back in time. Um, let's go back to, I, I, I would like to know how you grew up as, as a child as far as, were you always mm. athletic? Uh, when did you get into cycling? Mm -hmm. uh, as a kid, did you, you know, cycle early on and knew that I wanted to do this or did it progress <laughs> As you got to high school and college, so like, right. where did it all begin? Well, I always liked it, but I was never competitive. Uh, I just kind of rode around my neighborhood. But I did play sports growing up, so uh, I played kind of everything. And then what stuck was tennis. Mm. So from about nine years old to about twenty-five years old, I played tennis. Oh. I played club. I played uh, high school, college, and uh, I was really into it. So I definitely got my competitive nature, I think, through that. I and know also, you tennis. yeah, oh. I did. And my also my massive quads, you know, that I need for cycling. <laughs> <laughs> I think that, that helped. Yes. And then also just like the training and like learning how to focus and how to learn different skills and take feedback um, from coaches. That was definitely something that um, I transferred into cycling. And um, the way I got into it, though, was I was a part of a salsa club in college. Simone's <laughs> a very good salsa dancer. Yeah. <laughs> I was like obsessed with that because um, it was kind of like the same as like I got into tennis. I was like, oh my God, this is like also super awesome. And I tend to get like crazy into things that I love. So when I was involved in that, my salsa friends took me biking one day on the weekends. And I loved it so much that I literally bought the camel back that I borrowed from my friend 
off his back like that day and like started looking on Craigslist for like used bikes and was like, I have to do this and become amazing at this. I love it. So I did it as much as I can. I went every weekend and then I bought a really good bike and started doing it during the week. And then one of my friends suggested that I try a race, did my first race. I won it. And since I've been hooked. (laughs) Wow. So... Okay, when 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 did you take those salsa classes? Was that in like college or? Yeah, in college. So before then, did you do any kind of cycling or just casual cycling on the weekends? Yeah, it was all casual. Um, I actually I rode my bike to class. Nice. Yeah. So me and my friend we would like race through the halls and through the people <laughs> on our bikes. So it was just kind of for fun. I wasn't like trying to be competitive, but what I, kind of bike? It was totally a hybrid bike. Hybrid? It was like your. Cheap. I think it was like 120 bucks at like well a Target. It was. Hey, it was, that's yeah. It's everyone starts somewhere. Yeah. Well, so how far did you you live from campus? Did you commute? Uh, I lived at the apartments on campus, but they were like kind of on the other end okay. of where my classes were. So it was a good like mile, mile and a half, um, five to ten minute ride. Yeah. Which school did you go to? UM. UM. All right. Yeah. Kane's in the yeah. house. I'm a Gator, but I got love for the Canes. Born and raised in Miami. So. Is that where you're from? Are you from Miami? I grew up in St. Pete. Oh, okay. That's right. Uh-huh. St. Pete, and you came down for UM. Yeah. All right. So so salsa. Salsa was the gateway to cycling. Yeah, yeah. it was. The way I got into salsa was yeah. that I was uh, in my major, as a comm major, I was actually, they made us take a second major. So I did theater. Um, and I didn't really like any of the acting classes, so I did dance classes, and I loved those so much that that's when I found the salsa club, so I could continue to dance. There you go. So you can kind of see how. <laughs> what what drove you to choose theater? Um, I figured it would be like similar in terms of like sets and lighting mm-hmm. and being with actors. Yeah, I actually I actually thought about majoring in theater going into college, mm-hmm. but I kind of went. 180 and did a software engineering. <laughs> yeah. But kind of like you, when, you know, you have to take those, those general education classes, kind of like filler classes. Yeah. I took I took theater. And oh, cool. Acting for non-major. Uh-huh. Like world music. So I had like a lot of fun. That helped you with this. I guess so. I mean, yeah. I mean, You're natural. <laughs> natural in that I had, I've had a lot of, I mean, taking like an acting class or I used to host shows and stuff. But anyways... So salsa, they're like, hey, let's go riding. Where yeah. was that very first ride? So that was Amelia Earhart Park in Hylia, Florida. Um, Hylia! Yeah. <laughs> it's really, it's actually a really nice park. And like some people don't believe that there's even mountain biking in Florida. But surprisingly, there is a pretty decent amount of um, mountain biking with some pretty technical trails because what we lack in elevation, we make up for in technical trails. So they put in bridges, they put stairs, they put log overs, they they make it as challenging as possible. And uh, I just remember going out that first day and like not making it, quite making it up any of the climbs (laughs) and just being like, how are these people doing this? This is amazing. I need to learn how to do this. And it was so much fun because you get to the top and you're like, I achieved this. And then you get to ride down the hill. And that's just that wee feeling. It's so much fun. <laughs> kind of that, that inner child, you know, like yeah. just wee, like a roller coaster <laughs> or something. Mm-hmm. It must have been, you must have been super sore like the day or two after. Oh, yeah. I crashed so much um, <laughs> to the point where I had like scars up and down my legs. And my doctor would even like tell me like, 
um, is there like some domestic violence okay. thing going on that I need to know about? I was like, no, no, no. I'm just a mountain biker, I swear. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> wow, so crashes, is that like, do you crash more going uphill or like downhill? Or it really depends on the terrain that you're on. Um, probably more downhill because you're going a lot faster and, you know, you want to keep that speed. So you kind of don't be as cautious as you probably should be. (laughs) And trees don't move out of your way. (laughs) You learn that quickly. So did somebody lend you a uh, bike for that first ride at Amelia? Um, I think I rented a bike at the trailhead. They do have rentals there. So if you want to try it, you can do that. The Camelback. So Mm -hmm. the Camelback is the... The pouch at the back for water, right? Yeah, it's like a little backpack with a hose coming out of it so you can drink um, without having to, like, reach down for a bottle. Or maybe you have a a bike that doesn't have a decent-sized bottle cage or something like that. And it's good for um, beginners and also for endurance athletes because you're able to carry a lot of water. So now as a XC racer, which is cross country, I've learned how to, you know, effectively just drink out of bottles and, and drink during <laughs> the trails. So I guess, I, is that more of a mountain bike thing? Because at least when I cycle out on the roads, I don't really notice anybody with camelbacks. Is it? Yeah, I think it is more of a mountain bike thing. Like it's more crazy out there on, on um, biking, right? I think part of it has to do with the fact that like mountain bikes, you kind of like, you're in the wilderness, you know, you're out there, you're surviving. So you need to like be prepared for anything. So people bring all their water, you know, as much as they can to carry with them. A lot of people ride like on the levees and they're out where there's nowhere to get out for miles. And then there's also pockets for like tools and snacks. So it's just efficient in that way. (laughs) That's awesome. So after that first ride, you're feeling great. You're like, I need to do this. Mm-hmm. What are what are some of the first things that you went on to purchase? Because I know cycling, it doesn't need to be an expensive hobby, but it can be. Right. <laughs> so what are some of the things that you were like, I need this, I need that, I need this? Everything. I need everything. <laughs> um, I say the most important thing uh, is your bike. You know, you want to go out and have fun. Um, if you can try to buy the best bike that your money will budget, you know, a lighter bike will be, uh, easier to get up the climbs and you'll be able to go longer. Um, but maybe you want to kind of weigh it with like, oh, you want better parts, but a heavier bike. Um, so you kind of just have to think about what your needs are. Know that you can always upgrade. Um, probably helmet is second most oh, yeah. important. Um, ride safely, everyone. <laughs> yeah. Always ride safely, please. Just it's not worth it to not. Um, and then third, I would say probably get into clipless pedals because that will be that will maximize the efficiency of your pedal stroke and you'll just have more fun and you'll feel a lot safer. Um, once you get clipped in, you learn how to clip out. You're not stuck on your bike, so you will crash many times before you, like, figure it out. But, you know, mountain bike speeds at least, you're you're going pretty slow. So learn, practice it a few times, and you'll be good. Clip out story. I know we've all had one. Yeah. Well, what's one What's one time that you <laughs> fell? So so is it, it's clipless or it's clipless pedals, right? Yeah, so... Um, Can you explain, like, what that is to those who don't know? Yeah, so there, the reason it's called clipless, I think, is because there was um, another product called Clipped In or Clipped On or something. Okay. So they needed, like, a different name for mm-hmm. it. So they called it 
clipless. But it's basically um, like you have like a pedal that has like holes in it and you, you kind of have this like cleat on your shoe yeah. that um, sits in the hole of the, the pedal and it, it locks you in until you turn your heel out. So when you turn your heel out, it unlocks it. So that way when you're pedaling forward, you're staying locked in. Yeah, your feet are, are, your feet are in the shoe and there's a cleat on uh-huh. the shoe. And the cleat attaches your shoe to the pedal. So you're effectively attached and locked in to the bike right. via the bike pedal. And the motion to clip out is, they say it's the natural motion, which is you, you mm-hmm. twist you twist your foot. Right. You'd be amazed. Like sometimes you're going down and you don't have time to think about how you're going to unclip. But then all of a sudden you're like upright or you're on the ground but you're unclipped and you're like how did that happen i didn't didn't even know yeah it you're like i remember once falling and like falling in slow motion (laughs) (laughs) and i could like think about like okay what am i gonna do okay i'm gonna roll and land on my shoulder and fall like this so i don't you know use my hands and break my hands and it worked and i rolled and i landed safely and me and of course the bike were fine (laughs) as long as the bike's okay yes of course that's like the first thing you ask is the bike okay Um, but also the clipless pedals are great because they're lighter. You're not going to slide off in technical stuff. And also you want a shoe that has a really hard bottom because that is essentially your platform. So your cleat is um, going to be at your the ball of your foot and that's where all your power transfer is going to go. But it's kind of like your shoe is like your pedal. Exactly. And, and you have like that 360 control in that motion, right? Yeah. I suppose if you didn't have the clips, you'd just be down. down yeah. So you're lifting up. So on climbs, you're able to utilize that extra power because you're able to push and pull. And then as well as going over things, you can lift your bike physically over them. Right. I, I fell maybe two or three <laughs> weeks ago. It, it, I haven't fallen off with my clip being clipped in, in <laughs> since I first started. Mm-hmm. I was at a light and uh, I had my I was on my tri bike and the the front, the fork, it twisted mm. and I wasn't paying attention to where my center of gravity was. I was leaning on the side where the bike twisted. Yeah. And I fell. Like and it's just like red light, tons of cars. Super embarrassed, but I got yes. up like a champ and like acted like nothing happened. I could have sworn somebody was like laughing in a car. But. I think the funniest thing about the clipless pedals is that you're not actually gonna fall so much while you're riding. You're gonna fall like that when you're stopped and you're trying to get off it for the first time that's when it's like awkward yeah yeah exactly. and and you know you'll have a couple of those falls so like i said you'll be at basically zero speed so you shouldn't mm. hurt yourself uh if say someone's starting to get into cycling at what point should they consider getting clipless pedals and and shoes because those aren't those aren't cheap <laughs> yeah <laughs> um i would say like definitely it's good to learn without them. It's good to learn on flats and make sure you, that you like the sport because it's something that you're going to be investing some amount of money in. So I think I was on my bike for probably a good four to six months before I decided to give Clipless a try. Okay. Four to six months. Get used to it. Make sure that you, you're you into the sport too. Mm-hmm. You don't want to shell out a bunch of money and figure out that, eh, I don't like going up <laughs> these, these hills and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> So before we get into more tips, what is your involvement in cycling now? I know you do a ton of races. Mm-hmm. So what what are you up to these days? Well, I did um, mountain bike racing for about four years before um, about two years ago, I got started into road racing. So that's a totally different sport because you're on a totally different bike and the race is completely different. In mountain biking, it's more 
kind of like a time trial. It's like it's just you versus the trail. And it's all about uh, skill and efficiency and being um, have good endurance. Okay. The road biking is uh, very different because you have a group of people, so you're able to draft off them. Uh. So strategy comes way more into play as well as power because there's constant attacks. You have your final sprint. Uh, and then some people have teams, so they're able to work with one another oh. and create um, different strategies that will work against other people and other teams. Wow. Okay, Let, let's go to mountain biking first. And this is really cool because for me at least, and I don't know if the audience out there is the same, but when I think of bike racing or competitive cycling, I just think of Tour de France, <laughs> which is probably is the most famous race, the yeah. most marketed at least. Mm-hmm. But there are other kinds of cycling races out there. Mm-hmm. So what is a typical or the ones, the mountain bike races that, that mm-hmm. you've done? How do they work? How long are they? Or is it is it is it like a time trial? Right. Okay, so the XC is a cross-country race. It's usually about an hour and a half, about 18 to 20 miles. And it, that one's, you do go off um, in waves with people in your class. So, like, I'm in a w- women's expert class. So, I'm racing only women's expert, um, and we all go off together. But then you kind of end up separating a little, and, and it kind of ends up being a solo effort. Um, there's also time trials, which is, like, a shorter section. So, maybe, like, a t- 15 to 20-minute section, and you go off one minute at a time, and you basically just do... It as fast as you can. Oh, okay. And then there's short track, which is another like 15 to 20 minute section that is a small like half a mile loop that everybody goes off together and you do as many laps as fast as you can in 20 minutes. Yeah. Uh, you also have cross country. Oh, sorry. You also have uh, endurance mountain biking, which is longer distances. It can be usually 40 to 60 miles. Yeah. Some go crazy. Um, hundred miles, um, and that's just kind of go as you know long as you can kind of thing. Um, a lot of those longer ones will have team based races, so you can partner up with somebody. And then there's also I think called like ultra endurance or something like that, where people do like three thousand miles oh. and they're way out in the woods, and it's like insane. <laughs> Cross country, right? Yeah. Like so, which ones have you done or had success in? Um, mostly I do train for cross country mountain biking. There's a series, uh, in Florida that, uh, runs for a couple months and it's like 10 races and you get points for each one. And, um, it's fun because you get to travel all over the state and ride all the different trails. And, uh, so we train for those hour and a half type races. Okay. Yeah. And then that's first to finish. Is it? Yes. Okay. What are some of the, your favorite races in mountain biking? Is it that this series that you mentioned? Yeah, I would say the series around Florida because I get to ride all the different trails, which is they're just all so fun and very different and, and challenging in their own ways. Good way to get around, get around the state, see different places and stuff. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I know you, you travel a lot on the weekends just for the races, right? Just <laughs> yeah, almost over. every weekend. <laughs> so what brought you to do to doing road biking? Um, I just wanted a different challenge. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it was something that was kind of new and foreign to me and uh just tried it and i really liked it and i totally got beat my first race and i was like that's crazy what you know and that gave me that feeling again of like what can i do differently how can i improve 
And so, you know, did a bunch of races, stuck with it, trained for that, and then just kind of learned as I went, you know, what I have to do to, yeah. to be successful mm-hmm. in road. And, and it, it definitely was another just chance to learn something new and challenge myself. So can you explain what one of your uh, mm-hmm. road bike races are like? So there's also a couple different types of road um, racing. You have the ones like the Tour de France is more like a road race. So we have uh, hour and a half-ish long races that are 40 to 50 miles. Um, and so those are your road races. Then you have crits, which are usually half a mile to a mile. Um, sometimes they're in like downtown areas and it's just a short loop. And just one loop or multiple loops? You do as many loops as okay. you can right. in however many minutes. So it's like 45, 50, an hour ish. Um, that those are usually more technical because there's a lot of turns in them. Mm-hmm. So they consider that being technical in road racing. And then you also have time trials, which is a solo effort, um, and it's just a certain distance, usually an out and back, and you go by yourself. Have you done all those kinds of races? Mm-hmm. Okay. And typically... What's, what's your favorite kind? Which one do you oh, do um, like the most? I like the road races. Okay. You know, I think that you can kind of do a little more with them um, in terms of, like, strategy and, and strength. I think that um, plays to my abilities well. Um I, I don't know. I just I like them better. So strategies. All right. So yeah. so you mentioned that you can draft. And yes. For those out there, drafting in cycling is pretty much you ride behind someone in front of you mm-hmm. in their draft so that they uh, absorb all of the, air, the the wind. Right. So to speak. Right. Yeah. So you can get like a things like a thirty percent, mm-hmm. um, you know, decrease in or increase in efficiency by drafting somebody. So that's why you'll see, like on the Tour de France, you'll see them all riding in a pack. Peloton? Yeah, it's yeah. called a Peloton. And it's incre- It's crazy how easy, it, how easy it is when you're in it, the Peloton. You're like, I'm barely pedaling and I'm going 30 <laughs> miles an hour. This is awesome. So what's the strategy there with, is, do you have a team? Because mm-hmm. I imagine that some, some people would take turns being in the front, absorbing all right. the, the, the wind and then you shift out. But how does that work with if you're competing with someone? Yeah, so that's kind of where the, the game is, you know. Um, <laughs> it's even more interesting in women's racing because there aren't a lot of teams. So everyone's kind of solo. But sometimes there'll be a breakaway. So a couple people will get away and they'll want to keep that breakaway because then they're guaranteed a top spot. So they'll end up working together. Uh-huh. So we'll take pulls. So like somebody will pull for 30 seconds and then not rotate and then we'll just keep rotating like that. And we have a higher chance of getting in the top. So even if it's someone from from another team, yeah, it's kind of an unsaid courtesy. Kind of, yeah. Like, all right, they're pulling, they're doing doing work, and then thirty seconds, I'll go in front, and they kind of right. Yeah, they they let you go because then they they'll be the ones in the draft, right? Right. It's kind of like yeah, let's you know people talk to each other also during the road races, so they'd be like, hey, let's work together, you know, and then you'll you'll just do it. Yeah. You'll, so, is it fairly cordial? Like, it's not ah, push. Like, yeah. Everyone's pretty friendly for the most part. Pretty much, yeah. <laughs> Especially wow. the women. I think the women are a little more like you. You know, like you can do it. Yeah. We support each other. So, would you say you like road cycling better than mountain biking, or do they both have their pros and cons? Each is special in their own way. I would say that mountain biking is 
more fun because of the obstacles, but it's also harder in a sense because you're kind of doing it by yourself and it's all you. Whereas road biking is more the strategies and, you know, it's all the mental games and then um, power because you got to have that sprint at the end. Right, right. So let's get into training. Mm-hmm. What does your, your training look like during the week? Say for a race on the weekend, do you train mm-hmm. every day or do you have a rest day? Yeah, so if I have a race, um, well, I usually train hard on the weekends because that's like we do race simulation or, um, you know, we just have more time. So we train hard on the weekends or we race on the weekends. So during the week, Monday, I'm usually off because I'm recovering from the weekend. Then I train Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, off Friday. uh, And then that allows me to recover so that I'm able to work hard or race hard for the weekend. How many miles are you putting out? During the week. I know on the weekends you do like 50 mile rides and stuff. So does it vary on the type of race or do you ride, you know, 10 miles on your Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday? What does Uh that look like? I usually ride between 20 and 25 miles on each weekday. Um, That's a lot. I... Go before work, so I wake up at five thirty. Really, I didn't six know Six o'clock, yeah. You go before and after work? No, usually just before. Sometimes after, but okay. I try to go mostly before. Wow. Yeah, and uh, where do you go for that? I go on A one A, so I go up and down the beach. The dark and at night. It gets light by the time I get out there, but I feel like it's a little safer there. There's less cars and people, and it's quieter, and it's nice to get to watch the sunrise. I know that, that there's cyclists there. Yes, yeah, there's a lot of cyclists safe. there, and the speed limit is a lot slower. It's just one lane of traffic each way, so and the, the bike lane makes me feel a lot safer. So 20, 25 miles, and you go to work. <laughs> yeah. Um, I have a coach, and he gives me uh, a workout for the day, and it's... Uh, usually, you know, different interval sets or um, different types of workouts from like big gear workouts or short sprints or so I ride by power. Um, so I have a power meter on my bike and I have a Wahoo uh, out front that's telling me my power output. And so he'll usually give me like, say, you know, keep 120 watts for five minutes and, you know, do that five times or something like that. Yeah. And then um, with rest in between. And so um, sometimes it'll be based on power. Sometimes it'll be based on cadence. Sometimes it'll, you know, heart rate. Um, We don't usually, we don't usually train by heart rate if we have power because it's a more accurate representation because it's instant as opposed to heart rate. Takes a little while to kind of catch up. Can you break down what is exactly is the power meter to those uh-huh. out there who may not know and training with a power meter and its advantages? Yeah, so the power meter, they're, they come in different types of forms. There are some that are like kind of replace your crank. There are some that go on, I think, your chain ring. And there are some that are, can be like the pedals itself. And um, yeah, it just basically gives a, a more accurate and instant uh, – number that allows you to to see your improvement or give you a range to shoot for um you have something called the ftp which is like a test like a like for example like a 20 minutes um we usually do and and you just go as hard as you can for 20 minutes and we use that as like a measure to see if you've improved so like we do the test and we do 
you know, a couple of weeks of intervals and training and then we do the test again and you, sh- you should improve right. by that. And yeah. Yeah. The, these tools are really great for those who really want to get to improve their cycling. I haven't used a power meter yet, but I do use a heart rate monitor, mm-hmm. which is a great, it's not even too expensive to get a heart rate monitor and hook it up to your watch, but it's a great way to kind of gauge, oh, okay, I'm in my heart rate zone right now, 120, 130, and I mm-hmm. know that that's a comfortable ride. And mm-hmm. when I'm in 180, I'm like pushing it. <laughs> so then you have the power meter, which is a more accurate representation of all that. So. Mm-hmm. I know you race a lot almost every weekend, and when I, I follow you on Strava, <laughs> um, are you public on Strava? I think so. I don't are, do you, you can follow me. Follow, follow someone. Um, I don't really know how I feel about that yet. Only my friends own, only follow me right now. Mm-hmm. I think I'm public. Yeah, I think I, I accept how, anybody that looks anybody? like a cyclist kind okay. of thing. Yeah, so if it's like... Looks like this spam account. Like, you don't have any miles. I probably won't accept you. But if you look like you ride, that's fine. Yeah. Strava's very, it's like personal, I feel like. Yeah, it's cool. You know, it shows you where you've been and um, can add pictures of your rides. Yeah. And um, and then I have the setting where it's like you can uh, bubble out like a mile or something from your house well, so I that people that can follow you home or something. Yeah. Strava, you can follow Simone if you want. Uh, <laughs> you can follow me if you want to. I see you on Strava and... Hunting down those uh, KOMs. KOMs. <laughs> yeah. KOM is the uh, king or queen. Qu- yeah, they have KOMs. King or queen of the mountain. So there are are segments. Right? Yes. And, and everyone who who goes through those segments logs a time, and whoever's the fastest mm-hmm. is the K or QOM. Do you have any QOMs? Oh yeah, I have yeah. a bunch. Heck yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes me and my friends will like. Go out and just like do certain segments just to get QOMs <laughs> on them because we want to be at the top. It's like I don't feel like training today. Let's let's go attack some. Yeah, QOM. we go we go QOM hunting. That's awesome. But I see you on Strava all the time, and after your races, you're usually on or very near to the podium. So congratulations <laughs> on all of your successes. Are there any podiums or successes or races? that really stand out to you that you want to bring up to the audience it's okay to brag you know (laughs) i would bring them up but i I really don't know which ones i just know that you're on the podium a heck of a lot of the time so yeah um i guess my biggest accomplishments were winning the florida state series championships as cat one the highest um level that's not pro wow um so i won that for florida and then a um, couple of state uh, road championships as a Cat 3. State champion. So you mentioned that's not pro. Is this at, like, amateur or elite level? Yeah, so in mount, so the mountain biking road is a little different. In mountain biking, um, you have kind of like one through four and also pro. So it's, it's kind of like four is novice, three is called base, uh, two is sport, one is expert, and then you have pro. So one expert is kind of like the highest amateur level. Yeah. Um, you actually have to have a different license to go pro. Yeah. And uh, usually people who do that are like the people who do this for a living. Then in road, you have one through five, but I think you, as a one-two, they combine it, mm-hmm. and then that's considered pro. Okay. So then you have three, um, which is kind of like your highest. Mm-hmm. 
level that's not pro and then obviously four and then five is like your novice would you consider going pro or is it <laughs> is are you working towards that or is that something where it's like no. I, I don't want to do that because this is something that i enjoy yeah this is something that i just you know i love to do um just i like to get the exercise and go out um and see the world and um, have fun and be with friends and, and definitely, you know, burn some calories so I can eat. <laughs> burn a lot of calories, I'm sure, with all, all those miles you're racking up and all those those KOMs. <laughs> awesome. Well, congratulations on, on all those. Uh, basically, everyone, Simone's a beast. She's an amazing cyclist. Let's get into tips. Okay. For the average person who, say, bikes one to two times a month, casually maybe going to the beach mm-hmm. or something what if they want to get into cycling mm-hmm. say cycle two three times a week maybe five to ten miles uh, and just get more active in general yeah what advice would you give to this person to get into it get right into cycling on a more regular basis i would say um first step would be to like kind of upgrade your bike um you know either go into a shop and and see what they have that's kind of like not on the high end, but still within your budget and um, a good kind of transition bike. Or sometimes you can find used bikes on um, on classified ads that are good bikes that people are selling for like half the price. So you can get uh, a better bike will put you into a better, more aggressive position and you don't have to go like full, you know, race bike. But um, your beach cruiser is definitely your, your upright, <laughs> mm-hmm. you know, um, kind of bike. So if you're looking to get more exercise, think of it as like when you're running, you know, you don't run standing upwards, you run, you know, forwards, you're, you're leaning, you're, you're moving, you're forward momentum. So you want to get into that position on your bike and then you're, you're going to um, be more comfortable and able to go longer and harder. And um, in order to just ride you know, set a time for yourself, set a schedule, set a, a, a goal, um, and, and just go out and do it, find a safe place to, to, you know, go ride. And helmet. then, yes, obviously your helmet. <laughs> um, don't forget water because, you know, even, even though you're kind of like riding and you can you're sitting and you're coasting you know you're still out there in the sun so don't forget to get a lot of water um i would bring some basic tools in case you get yes in case you get a flat has that happened to you of course um times during a race training rides uh both Both? yeah it happens you know you, you run over things and nails and sticks and you know you don't see them. And it happens. Um, I mean, I bring tools on my training rides. And if it happens in a race, I mean, there's there's things you can do. You know, you can make your wheels tubeless, which is uh, you get rid of the tube inside the wheels and you put a sealant in there. And what happens is if you get a small puncture, the sealant will fill it. Um, and then you're able to keep riding. You can bring a CO2 cartridge yeah. and then just kind of pump it up quick with air. So there's a lot of things you can do um, to kind of make it easier on yourself for the future but it it'll inevitably happen that you're probably going to get a flat at some point <laughs> learn how to repair a flat tire yes <laughs> that's probably the number one like learn how to do something tip yeah. learn how to fix a flat tire i've done it a few times but i'm still that person struggling with like the tire levers and yeah the first time it took me like an hour yeah. just to do one it's it's not that easy but it's not that hard <laughs> 
And bring a dollar bill with you because sometimes if you can't uh, fix the hole, you can patch it up with a dollar whoa, bill. Whoa, yeah, what is this? Yeah, I've never heard of that before. crazy trick. Really? Yeah. Okay. So you just you, you tie it around the, the You tube? You basically use it as like a, a flat, you know, surface to, to create a seal. Mm. I mean, it depends on your puncture and Hopefully your just... pressure, but, you know, I've heard people... People use it as like in a pinch, you know? Dollar bill. It's got to be on YouTube, too. I'll link that in the show notes as well. Yeah. All right. So for the average person, get a good bike that can fit your financial needs. Mm-hmm. Just set a time, set priority to go on this bike ride. Uh, it's good for you. Mm-hmm. And learn how to change a flat tire. Mm-hmm. And just go out there and do it. Yeah. Just go do it. Um, find groups, group rides, you know, join other people, learn from them. That's, you know, that's how I learned. For not the average person, but the, the person who wants to get into competitive cycling like you. They got the bike, they're good with time management, and they prioritize cycling. Mm-hmm. How should they get into doing what, what you do if they want to be like, I want to be like Simone? <laughs> <laughs> Definitely just go sign up for a race. Um, start as, you know, you can start at the bottom, you can start as a Cat 4 or Cat 5. And just try it and see what happens. You'll learn, you know, your abilities and how far you can go and how hard you can go. And, you know, once you realize you like it, if you want to get super hardcore into it, um, then you kind of got to think about getting a coach. Because, like, when I first moved up to Cat 1 and I didn't have a coach, I got my ass kicked. (laughs) And then I got a coach. And the next year I won. So it's a huge difference. Um, they're just able to know your limits and know your body and know um, what you're capable of and how to push you without overdoing it and how to recover. So it's very important um, if you want to be at that highest level. Wow, that's really cool. Like I don't have a coach for what I do, and I know that a coach can make me a lot better. But but look at that. You got crushed <laughs> one year. You came back, you got a coach, and, and like dominated the next year. Yeah. So that's pretty awesome. All right, so we've got to wrap this up soon. Do you have any words of wisdom or advice for those out there who just want to get into cycling? I know you mentioned all this before, but if you could like sum it all up into mm-hmm. a few words or a few sentences to get someone off the couch, <laughs> get out there, what would you tell them? I'd say there's some sort of cycling for everybody, whether you're a commuter or you're a beachgoer or you're a weekend warrior, or you're a hardcore racer. There's Biking is for everyone. You know, you're, it's a mode of transportation that is the most efficient without motors. You're getting exercise. You're getting out, you know, into the world. You're seeing the sights. You're um, hanging out with people. There's just so many varieties that I think there's just somebody's going to find a one you like. You know, there's mountain biking, and there's so many types of mountain biking. There's road biking, and there's... BMX and there's triathlons and the list goes on and on. Um, it's just a it's just a great way to be active and healthy and social and have fun. It's just so much fun. It's <laughs> that we feeling. It is a lot of fun. That we feeling. I like that a lot. Yeah. <laughs> um, why recycle? This is kind of deep. Now you don't. It doesn't um, have to be philosophical. Doesn't have to be philosophical, but <laughs> I just have to ask. Like I do triathlon because it kind of pushes me past my limits and uh-huh. it makes me do things that I never even thought I could do. Because, like you said, when you sign up for a race, you got a deadline, and no matter what, you 
it's up to you if you want to put in the work to perform on that day. Yeah. Yeah. I think I just, I'm kind of naturally pretty good at it. Um, being athletic and growing up athletic, it just kind of comes to me. And I and I don't have the fear. Maybe that's important too. But I don't you have, just go at it. You, you yeah. have this like, attack mentality. I don't have the fear of like crashing so much. I mean, I still do, but not like probably like some other people. Mm-hmm. Um, and I... I love the fe- I'm just like addicted to the feeling of of like trying my hardest and accomplishing my goals. Yeah. It's like when you do and when you give a good effort, you know it and you know, it's like euphoric, right? Yeah. It's the best feeling in the world. Yeah. When you finish that that you cross that finish line, mm-hmm. you know that you put in the work and you've you've succeeded. Yeah. It's an amazing feeling. Yeah. For those of you out there who haven't done a race of any kind, whether it be a cycling race or a triathlon or a 5K or a Tough Mudder, we highly encourage you to just get out there, set a goal, and do the race. Because when you cross that finish, it's like an incredible feeling uh-huh. to cross that finish line. Yeah, it's like all the the work, you know, all the weight's been lifted off your shoulders, mm-hmm. and it's it's a great it's a great feeling. For those of you who don't know this feeling, you'll know. <laughs> just get out there and do it. So. From tennis to salsa, mm-hmm. mountain biking to, to road cycling, thank you for being here. Where can we find you on social media? Do you want to put out your Instagram, website, yeah. anything? Let the audience know sure. um, where you at you on social You can follow me on Strava. You can follow me on Instagram, Simone in Spandex. <laughs> <laughs> That's um, awesome. And you can follow me on Facebook. I pretty much mostly post um, biking-related things on there. Okay. <laughs> Simone Berger, video producer, editor, photographer, cyclist, and just a great person all around. Thank you so much for joining the Triathlete Beat podcast. Thanks for having me. That was awesome. See you again. All right. See you on the road. (laughs) (laughs) So that was Simone Berger, such a genuinely nice and really awesome person. We easily could have kept chatting, but I had to go and I think she had to go train. So maybe we'll just have to get her back on the podcast another time in the future. As she mentioned, be sure to find her on Instagram at Simone in Spandex. And while you're at it, check me out too on both Instagram and Twitter at The Triathlete Beat. You can check me out on YouTube as well at Jeremy Try, that's Jeremy T-R-I, where I also post vlogs, triathlon tips, and video snippets of the podcast. All of our social media links and more will be posted on this episode's show notes for your convenience. Last but not least, if you enjoyed this podcast, please leave a review, rate the podcast, and subscribe on whichever podcast app that you're using. It would truly mean so much to me. So that's it for now. I will see you in the next one. Thanks for taking a seat with the Triathlete Beat. Beat.